On Polygon Gaming this week, I am pleased to be joined by Jonathan. He's one of the project leads over at Pipe Flare. They're doing a bunch of cool things on Polygon Games. I, the best way I can describe it, it's a little bit like uh, it was like mini clip games back in the day, except they've brought the whole blockchain, um, NFT world, the play to earn space into their uh, their feature and array of, of different games on the platform. Uh, before we get into all of that, though, Jonathan, thank you so much for hopping on and joining me this week. Yeah, thank you, uh, Rick, and thank you, GravityDAO, the community, for having me. I'm excited to talk about Pipeflare and all the stuff that we're doing. Absolutely, and it's it's been great so far speaking with these different Polygon gaming projects and getting a first-hand take of where the space currently is at and things that they are building and the things they're trying to do to resolve some of the big issues. Uh, but before we get into Pipeflare, if you don't mind, just given the, uh, the overview of your background, how you got involved in the crypto space, maybe some of your gaming background as well, you know, why crypto gaming, and just give the rundown of everyone's cliche uh, cryptocurrency rabbit hole, as we like to say. Yeah, so my path was uh, totally unorthodox. I'm from New York. I went to school in New York. I ended up joining the Army. I was in the Army for eight years, and after I left the Army, I started to get my MBA. I went to Harvard Business School. After Harvard, I worked at Uber. I worked at Amazon. And while I was working at Amazon in marketing, I started to learn more about Web3. Um, I watched uh, the documentary on Netflix, and it just kind of blew my mind, like, oh my god, what is this Web3 thing? What is blockchain? And so I ended up quitting Amazon, not having a job, and I just started applying to Web3 companies. And I ended up at a really great company named Horizon. Um, Horizon is one of the top privacy blockchains out there. Um, and I was a director of growth. So what, what I was doing at Horizon was so effective at generating traffic that we ended up spinning off the company into the company where I currently am, which is called Layer 3 Labs. Layer 3 Labs runs Pipeflare. Um, and we got we got funding from Digital Currency Group, which, as most people know, is one of the biggest VCs in the space, from Horizon and from Horizon Labs. Horizon Labs is a company that recently did uh, the Board Ape Yacht Club token launch, so very well known, very reputable, and that's kind of how I ended up in Web3 at my current company. And the question, why gaming? Well, all of my best memories, growing up, even in college, even post college all revolved around games. Like I remember playing um, mini clips with my dad when I was a little kid when it was still dial-up. You know, I, I remember going on, if you remember, there was a mini golf game, Lifesavers Mini Golf. I don't know how many people remember playing that. This is, uh, this is my very wean years, my very young years here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember in college, we loved Max Dirt Biker, which was this fun game where you would have to race your bicycle through these obstacle courses. I love tower defense games that I would play with my friend, my best friend from college. And even now, you know, a lot of my best experiences with friends are around gaming. And so I thought it's a natural extension for me to work in, in gaming in blockchain because the two fit so well together anyway. Absolutely. And especially with, with the types of games that were on a platform like Miniclip, which were so addictive, but also just fun and casual. There was never, there's never like a moment where I got really angry at a Miniclip game. I mean, Bubble Trouble was kind of frustrating. And that one's now coming back in, into my mind right now with a guy who shot up like the strings or whatever and popped the bubbles. I don't know why <laughs> that's just flooding all back to me right now, but it was, it was a really cool experience. And, and those early like internet gaming days of just 
people would just throw these things out there and they were highly addictive but highly fun there was basically free to play um it was a very interesting concept and model that just exploded and it's really cool to hear hear you coming from that um that background i'm curious outside of uh outside of like the more casual games like mini clip s games is there any uh do you have a favorite game like game console that you were playing at the time as well or is it mostly pc related stuff yeah i pretty much played all of the game consoles right now i have a playstation 4 i haven't been able to buy the playstation 5 yet it's just sold out everywhere near me uh but i mean Everything from Spy Hunter, if you remember that game with a, with a car and you had the jacks and, you know, um, to The Last of Us Part Two and probably Horizon Zero Dawn is the most recent game I've played. But I love all types of games. It's really been a big part of my life. It's it's amazing to hear that. And, um, you know, PS, PS5, unfortunately, is still uh, very coveted and, and not widely available despite it being launched for who knows how long at this point. But um really cool really cool and it's, it's great to be seeing people from the more traditional gaming scene get involved with this uh with the new side and these new innovations that um we'll get into some of the controversy as well later on but sure i think there's a lot a lot of potential here and also just looking under your background as well with uber and, and amazon um and seeing you come from what i think a lot of people regard as like the the big monoliths of of maybe more classic you know, I don't want to say web two business models, but just more classic traditional business models. And then taking, I think a lot of that experience and bringing it into, um, this whole new world of, of mayhem and crypto. Um, but it, it is, it must be a, a very nice thing to have that background and have that experience working in those, in those environments as well. And Rick, it's so important to have the background in web two, because you have to, even though it's a game, you still have to think of the game as a business. Because if you don't do that from the beginning, you're going to run out of money in a bear market and everything that you built will be gone. And so you have to have the proper incentives, not just for the users, but for the company building and maintaining the games. Because building and maintaining games is, is complicated. It requires many people. It requires planning, project managers, developers, graphic designers. And so having that Web2 mentality, I think, has been helpful. Oh, one hundred percent, and we've seen it. We've seen it recently with the most with the crypto crash this past spring. And I don't. I mean, I don't know if 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 company if these some of these companies have been in the space for too long to have not been prepared for a serious you know, 50, 70 percent correction. Um, and seeing them blow up was like, well, this is really bad. But and, and it hurt a lot of people. But I mean, it, come on, like we knew <laughs> we knew this stuff was possible. Um, I, it, it still bewilders me to this day as, I mean, I guess people get greedy and that, that's kind of the moral of the story with it, but yeah, well, the majority of companies have a business model of, I want all my money up front, like for, let's say an NFT mint. And now you have to very properly allocate that little amount or large amount of money that just comes into your bank one time. And that's difficult when you have a model kind of like Pipeflare has, where you have monthly subscriptions, uh, it's easier to kind of plan for the future because you know how much you're getting every month and you can plan um you, you could plan a year ahead it's not yeah it's not, exactly it's not like these one and done 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 mint models where you just get that revenue and then take it on and and kind of pray that you, you allocate it correctly going forward i do want to actually ask you now and, and moving into that uh just giving an overview of pipe flare uh, we've kind of alluded to it in, in our conversation so far, but do you mind giving listeners an idea of what Pipeflare is, the type of games on there, um, maybe the experience you're hoping to curate, and just give an all-around wide view of, of what you guys are building here? 
Yeah, so, so Rick, I think you actually nailed it on the head. My goal and my dream with Pipeflare is to create a replica of mini clips with a bit more modern games that integrate Web3 technology into the games and NFTs into the games. And so imagine a mini clips where one a uh, large portion of the games are play to earn. And so you're actually able to earn while you play. And two, they're more interesting because they have NFTs, but mm -hmm. NFTs that can work with every game. So you have one NFT, but you can use it not just in one game, but in all of the games on the Pipeflare platform. So that's really the goal is to have interoperability amongst all of the games. And so if you're an active participant in the community, you have NFTs, you've earned these NFTs, it actually increases um, the amount you can earn, but also the enjoyment of your play because these NFTs can bring in fun new characters or weapons into the game. So mm -hmm. a mini clips that's play to earn with interoperability with NFTs. That's kind of the end goal here. And we have a, we minted our own set of 10,000 unique NFTs that are called Pyros. And one, one of the things we're trying to do over the course of 2023 is how do we more incorporate that into the games? So one thing that I'm exploring now is how do we actually make your pyro a character in the game? Wouldn't that be cool Like if you have an NFT and that is the character? There are a couple companies working on that, but technically it's a very difficult thing to do because every NFT is random and, and unique. Yeah, and you have to then somehow translate those traits from the pyro flares themselves into the game, connecting your wallet, which, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's, that's plug and play. But at the same time, like, how do you make sure it's standardized across all those gaming platforms? And I'll mm -hmm. be honest with you, when I said the mini clips thing earlier, I like, that was like a thing that popped in my head. Like the minute I said it, I was like, oh, it reminded me a lot of mini clips back in the day when I was playing through it. it was, so that, that is funny that I, <laughs> I nailed it on that one. Cause I'll, I'll tell everyone that I did not prep <laughs> for the, for the mini clip, uh, for the mini, mini clip metaphor there, it just kind of just popped back in my head all of a sudden. I'm like, oh yeah, this this is really what it reminded me of. And this was the experience I was getting out of it, which I thought was really cool. Is mini clips still around? Sorry. Yeah, people who play mini clips have a great time. You can still go on with friends and, and spend hours on that and, and laugh and enjoy and compete. You know, and oh, I got this score, you got this score and you take turns. I mean, it's just such a positive experience. But now imagine that upgraded to, to modern day where you can earn... And that, and it can even be like a, a, an Axie where you, you have to create an NFT by playing multiple games and then you can sell that on a secondary marketplace. So you even have these kind of passive income opportunities on top of the gameplay. So you want to kind of attract multiple types of audiences to build the network, right? Mini clips, the audience is people who want to play. Pipeflare is going to have the people who want to play, but then you also have the people who want to earn through gameplay, and then you also have the people who want to earn through gameplay, collecting NFTs, and then selling them. And so now you have three different customers that you can target. Yeah, it's incredibly cool, and, and it just seems like a, a, a all-around fantastic experience. Because you know, I'll say as a gamer as well, when I play a lot of major titles these days, and now that I've I, you know, I've matured on from the, maybe the old school way I used to play video games. Everything is so competitive, and I, I think in many ways it'd be refreshing to go back to those days of you know, the mini clips, pick up and play, mm. play with your friends. It can be fun. You can have some nice competitive banner, but it's not like constantly you're getting ranked against the other people and you have to keep up your rank. It's stressful. And I don't, it really has ruined a lot of fun for me and the casual of, of how intense it is and, and no longer casual.
it's intense and it's also it takes a lot of brain power, right? So we're trying to focus on those games that will help you relax rather than games that kind of stress you out and make you have to strategize a lot. Right. Well, it's like I can't play these games on a on a week on like a work night <laughs> when I'm like about to go to bed. Like it's because then I'm and I'm up and then I'm like it's like actual. I have to think about it. I need to plan. I need to strategize. It's not, and then before you know it, it's it's too late, and I I can't even get to sleep, and it's never. It's it's always cascades poorly. Um, you're totally spot on with that, though. It is intense mentally just to stay involved with some of these things. Um, I want to ask you actually about the NFTs themselves that you're getting in game here, because you say they can translate across uh, the variety of the games you guys are offering in Pipe Flare. Um, so w- what would these NFTs look like? Are they skins? Are they uh, assets are they customizables um, and you said that they have different perks maybe some boosts so you go into detail about some of that sure so we have an nft marketplace where for i'll give you an example of an nft so all almost all of our games have some sort of tokens that drop in the game right um, however if there's an nft that you can purchase or win uh, that will double the amount of tokens that you have in the game when you play Right? And it doesn't matter what game you play. If that NFT is hooked up to your wallet, all of the games will double their token generation for you. So that's, that's one example. Um, another example is we do have leaderboards where people can compete every week for prizes. And I think we give over $2,000 of rewards per week. Um, if you have an NFT, whatever you win gets doubled. Right? And it doesn't matter what game you've played or, or anything. It just it doubles your, your, your income for, for the week. Um, so those are the NFTs that we have right now. Uh, what we're working on, and actually we should be launching in two weeks, is almost like an a- NFT scavenger hunt, where you'll be able to play different games and a piece of an NFT drops. So we have four games and a fourth of an NFT drops in each of the games. And when you collect all four, you sync them up, and then one um, custom skin is built for you, which you can use in one of the games. And you can use it, or you can sell it on a secondary marketplace. And because you put the work in to kind of farm these four pieces, that spaceship, which is our first project, uh, will have a unique weapon, a unique shield, or a unique power-up that gives you an advantage over the other ships and your other competitors that are competing for that weekly prize. Uh, And and then, like I mentioned, the pyros. So this is a longer-term project. And I don't think the technology has been built there, but how do we create custom characters in each of our games based on the NFTs that you hold? Uh, and I would love if someone would come to me and say, hey, use my software, because this is such an interesting problem in the space that I think a lot of people could benefit from. It's, it is really fascinating seeing how you can game theorize some of these aspects of NFTs in a different game. Like as you mentioned, the scavenger hunt, put four pieces in four different games. Can somebody go find them all? I mean, you, if, if, you're, if you're a regular user, of course, you're going to go. If you can find one, you're going to want to find two. And then after that, you, know, you might as well just find the rest of them, um, especially if there's also benefits attached here as well. So it's, uh, it's an interesting like investment that you would put in. And it, it makes sense, though. It's, it's, it's just, okay, this is this, and then this is mine now. And then if I want to sell it, I can sell it. But you know, it's kind of cool. I might keep it because I get more rewards down in the future. There's a lot of game theory involved there, which I, I love to see. And and um, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm excited that blockchain, I think, is enabling in many ways. People actually retain that value. And then with Pyro Flares incorporating it into these games, you know, it is difficult. I've seen so many NFT projects out there and a lot of them are like are, are centers. So they do a mint and they have like an undefined roadmap and they say we're going to drop merch 
and then we're going to drop a 2D game, and then we're going to eventually drop a 3D game somewhere in the undefined future. And then, um, in, uh, then an in-real-life event on a yacht, right? and, and then uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to open up a restaurant, and uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it just gets carried away, though. And then from a gaming aspect, it's like, all right, do you guys even know if it's possible to import your assets into the game? And um, there's some cool projects out there like Nifty Island who are trying to solve this issue and, and get NFT avatars in there. But um, it's it's not it's there's so much different either metadata or just the fact you have to take like assets and then import them and, and how that translates. If it's a 3D NFT avatar to a 2D avatar, it's just, you have to go ahead and really find ways to make that uh, look and, and feel natural. And I think, I think as you mentioned, it's, it's a big challenge and maybe a million dollar solution if someone listening out there. I think it would be it's like a company like mine would definitely be willing to pay for a solution like that. What you could do, you know, in theory, if you wanted to hack it, you could have a designer look at all of the NFTs and just create an avatar, an avatar and just have it ready. But that's not really efficient, having one person create 10,000 avatars that are 3D, right? You want a solution that's scalable, where you can create these avatars almost instantly and and at no cost. So that's what we need. It sounds pretty terrible to (laughs) have to sit down and drop 10,000 from copy and paste, basically, uh, from inspiration from... uh, 3d models into 2d models or whatever it would be i mean that once again you know you need to make it scalable and easy and accessible for players but this fits into the broader theme of where i want to move into now and this is looking at crypto and gaming in general um what are some of your what are some of your thoughts on the current space right now this play to earn maybe play and earn whatever you want people want to call it right now um and maybe just looking at crypto gaming more broadly do you think we're still in the very early stages um, do you see a future there? Yeah, so if you look at the number of crypto gamers versus the number of gamers, it's very small. Right? So the two haven't really overlapped even you know, a marginal bit. So there's a lot of room to grow. What I'm seeing with the games right now, unfortunately, is everyone wants to build the, the biggest, best game, and a lot of them are not happening. Like it... When you go on Dapp Radar and you can look at the rankings and see the number of players that people have, right now the top game, Splinterlands, might have 170,000 players in a 24-hour period. And who knows how many of those are bots. Mm. You look at Fortnite, you might have 4 million concurrent players, meaning at the same time. right? We have so much room to grow. But what we need is a couple things. One is we need the technology behind it, like what I mentioned, how do you turn NFTs into characters? All these little libraries, which have been built up over the years for regular consoles, are not there yet for Web3. So that's something that will help increase adoption. And then the other thing are mobile games. It's really hard to do a blockchain game on mobile. Until phone companies or you know Apple or Android start building native wallets, inside of the phones, it'll be really hard to connect a MetaMask or a Coinbase wallet to an external app. Because a lot of these app stores like Android and Apple, they have strict controls over how you can use their app store. And so it makes it super difficult. You have to open up the game, um, copy the link into the mobile MetaMask browser, you know, load it, hope it works, and then log in. It's, it's too complicated. Until that gets fixed, we won't see huge adoption on the mobile side. 
Um, and then three, we're already seeing some kind of big game studios come into this space. I think Atari recently announced, announced uh, their foray into Web3. And so all of that will help. But what I think where Pipeflare is different is nobody is talking about the people who want to just play for 10, 15 minutes when they're on the bus or online. Like, I think that is a huge market, the casual, the hyper-casual games not the giant Axie Infinity games or the Pokemon Go's, which are fine and they're great and I love them and I play them. But there are some times when I just want to sit on the couch and just hit my phone like this and de-stress from the day. And there's there's two parts to your answer there that I want to break down. The first being some of this the, the adoption issues we're currently seeing. I mean, you look at Apple's updated terms of services yesterday, which was kind of shocking. It was like basically banning all... <laughs> all web three integration out like outside integration into the app store, which yikes, um, not great considering the size of what the mobile yep. gaming market is versus traditional gaming and PC markets. And yeah. it's, it's a shame. I mean, it's like, it, it, I think in a way they also feel slightly threatened because they know if, if they're not getting fees and fiat, which is, you know, us dollar, which is what the app store and depending on your region, obviously, but like that's how they're making money from the app stores is, is taking from, yeah. from a slice of those fees. Well, we've stopped building on Apple. You know, we, we've just stopped trying to push apps into the iOS store. We're only on Android for most of our platform because they have such restrictive rules. There was one game that we just incorporated flare tokens, which is our native token. And they sent us an email. What are flare tokens? Um, and how are we making money from flare tokens as Apple? And I didn't have an answer to that, so they kicked us off the App Store. You know, and, and we spent all that money in development building it for Apple. So it, it's super restrictive, you're correct. Yeah, and we, I mean, we look at, for example, on Gravidao's side, we have Lunar Assistant, which is just a, basically it's, it's the, the Discord sign-in sign -in management tool for um, NFT communities. And if you're a user and you want to sign in and you want to use it on mobile only, Safari doesn't work with it. I mean, it's just, it's yep. a total UI disaster. It shuts down, it crashes, doesn't let you do it. <laughs> right. Um, right. And then like, and the thing is like, they how do they make money off of it? I, I, I don't know, Apple. Like, you got to help me help you here. I mean, really, it, it's not as if you can just go ahead and, and ban it, but I guess that's that's what they're going to do, I guess. So, I mean, yeah. There's two sides. This one is is it is it anti is it anti you know the principles of free market is, is a monopoly, um, and then two like it is their platform at the same time. <laughs> That's why they're worth a trillion dollars because they control all the apps and the information flow. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy though. It is it is a little disheartening to see, but um, then going into the, the idea that yeah, people want to make the the biggest and and brightest game ever and the best game ever, and they're gonna build it on blockchain. I do actually, I, I do appreciate people who are ambitious in that sense in, in this space, that they're actually going to try to build the game first, then maybe look into the game economy. And this is where I think things like Axie Infinity or DeFi Kingdoms really went wrong and it was hurt them image. And, you know, hopefully they, they can figure out where they can go around and, and fix some of this stuff. But basically, they launched the token, they launched the economy. They had some bare bones gameplay, but that wasn't fleshed out enough to retain user base. And then... They had, didn't really have their economics figured out. And then the minute liquidity gets pulled, everything collapses. Um, and so, I, I mean, who knows what will happen in the future to, to the big original play-to-earn projects. I mean, Axie Infinity obviously was the was the, was the play-to-earn game, the one that really brought, I think, that whole sector to the forefront. But it wasn't sustainable in this current form. And maybe, I don't know how, they also got hacked through the bridge. But apart from that, like, yeah. it, it, there was serious problems with their economics there. 
and and they're ambitious in terms of the game. Mm-hmm. We're ambitious in terms of how the games connect to one another, mm-hmm. right? So we're both ambitious, just we're ambitious in different ways. It's almost like um, you know what's more powerful, one really powerful uh, wizard, or you know like a hundred dwarves that are attacking him. Uh, so what's more power in numbers or or just in one like amazing thing? And it doesn't have to be a competition. You know, there's sometimes when you want to play like an immersive game, an immersive experience, and sometimes you just want to play something simple. So I don't see these games as our competitors. I think there's a lot we could do to work together. Like Zynga Games, you know, um, they're the ones that did Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did 2.8 billion dollars of revenue. B with a billion. And all you're doing is moving, you know, the little things and connecting them because that, those kinds of games are addictive too. The idea that, like, in the broader crypto gaming play to earn space, like, there's some there's some bad taste in some people's mouths because of what ha- went down or how some things were built out earlier on. Um, and this moves me on into the next section, which is traditional gamers and people who play, maybe the people who are playing the mini clips of the world or they're playing on Xbox or they're PC gamers, whatever. But there's this huge animosity and animosity towards uh the idea of nfts and crypto in their games and i don't quite fully understand it because i feel like in many ways a lot of games have basically been 98 percent commoditized to the point where they're incredibly extractive and like you're already playing to win basically paying to win um but in your opinion what are some of the ways in which we can potentially approach some of these communities and say hey like nfts aren't all scams or not all cryptocurrencies are scams you know there's there's something else going on here and yes it's tough to define but there's something to this and you should keep an open mind to it well i don't blame those guys because if you weren't in the space all you hear is negative things you know this game's crashing this game was hacked i wouldn't want my game to have you know nfts either or at least i would be hesitant if I didn't know more and, 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 and wasn't as informed, um, I think that we don't need to frame it as there's NFTs in the game. Like we work with a lot of brands and the names of the technology are not that important. Um, essentially, it's the technology that's important. So for example, you can say the same thing without using the word NFT. You know, all your characters are now fully owned by you and you can sell them on a secondary marketplace. That's an NFT, but you don't have to frame it in that way. Right? Because we don't know what the next technology is. And the technology, even though in Web3 we like to call it out by name, we don't know what a lot of the technology is that runs our phones or computers. Like Most people don't care about that. They care about the end goal, the end result. And I, I think that is probably the way to go is let's just build it and not put these terms on it. So it's interesting what Reddit has done with their whole NFT polygon integration and they never actually called them nfts they called their avatars digital collectibles yeah because nft is such a broad term you know <laughs> and so why not like nf non-fungible token what does that mean uh, it's a token that's non-fungible uh, so i mean you can easily pivot away from that uh effectively they're just pieces of data uh and so how people want to express that but you, i think you are spot on you know, we work with brands to build products for them. Mm-hmm. And many of them, even though they're using NFTs, they don't call it NFTs internally or with their customers. But the technology is the same. They might call them tokens. Um, they might call them moments, just like NBA Top Shots. You know, they, they call them moments, not NFTs. And so you can put different names around it to make customers 
feel uh, more comfortable. It's a shame that NFTs have had, I mean, well, there's so much, there was a lot of garbage out there. Let's, let's be honest. There was a lot of, of projects out there that were bought for $600,000 or was watch trading. And then they went to $10 or <laughs> some crazy, some crazy examples or influencers were hyping them, overhyping them and, and left a lot of, uh, left a lot of negative sentiment, I think for the space. But once again, like called moments, it is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. That's why whenever you're picking a game to invest in or NFT to invest in, you have to look at the team. You have to make sure that the information about the team is public. You need to check if they're, if they're, uh, if they have backing by investors, you know, who invested in the company, is it an individual person who can just run away or do they have investors that they have to talk to and have responsibilities toward? Uh, and so transparency and funding are really key when you're picking a project. I think the the best example of that in the most recent times was the Squid Game token, and I don't know if you remember this, but it was an absolute disaster of a rug pull where people put money in, and you couldn't like you buy Squid Token and you couldn't withdraw it. <laughs> it was impossible; like the contract would freeze every user except for the one who could actually pull the liquidity out. Um, so it was a total, total chaotic mess, but you know, they brought in, they had this whole gaming scene open. They had like, you have the squid token in this game, squid game economy, but you then you look at who's backing it. All the names are fake. All the investors are fake. Uh, Netflix never endorsed this thing, obviously. So <laughs> it was just like from day one, it was really just weird. And people put a lot of money in there and they lost all the money. It was crazy. Well, let's hope there are fewer of those in the future. I know it's it's one of those things you uh, education has another aspect to it, but you're also right you know can you even identify the people behind this can you identify the project behind it who's building it they're all very important aspects and, and I think you, you are you are certainly right with that when looking to see you know, what game should I get involved with as a as a crypto gaming user um, I want to ask you Jonathan as as we enter the wrapping up sections of the uh, interview um, looking at the next few months now for pipe flare uh, where do you guys currently stand in your roadmap? What are some things people can look out to? And, you know, what's coming up that you guys are really excited about? Yeah, so what I'm most excited about are the, well, first of all, we went from one game developer to four game developers. So we're ramping up production of our games and we're actually going back to old games and improving them. So adding new features, adding new enemies, adding new obstacles, adding new rewards. And so we're doing... Uh, a big revamp of of all games, and then also building new games. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Uh, and what we're starting to do more is in, involve the community in what's going inside of the game. So we're re releasing polls: what enemies do they want to see? What bosses do they want to see? We give them some options, and so the community feels like they have an input into the games, which they do have an input into the games. They could directly see the way their votes translate. Um, into gameplay. It's almost like a DAO, I would say, but uh, um, I guess we never called it a DAO. It's just it's just a poll. Uh, and, and I think that that increases the engagement people have and the excitement people have towards these games. And the next thing, like I mentioned, is is these um, Easter egg scavenger hunts uh, to, to collect pieces of an NFT and build one big special NFT. So we're really excited about that too. And then lastly, as I mentioned, we have the 10,000 unique pyros. So we're starting to build some games that are just for pyro holders. So we're trying to build out the community of pyro holders and have some incentives 
for why one would want to hold um, a pyro NFT. So for example, we're launching a, a claw game. It's a replica, a digital replica of the claw games you see in the arcades where you know you move it around and then you hit the button and the claw drops and you grab something. And so pyro holders will be able to use that to try to win some more free tokens or NFTs or other things that uh, you can use on our website, memberships and um, staking bonuses. And yeah, so just a lot to be excited about. And we're just continuing to grow and expand the team even in this bear market, which I think is not what many people are doing. They're kind of hunkering down and waiting for the next bull market, but then it's too late. Like now is the time to invest in people um, and in the community. Absolutely. And right now is the best time to build. And it's, it's great to see you guys ramp up from one game developer to four. I mean, that's a huge increase, especially given just the current environment and people who build right now. I mean, bear markets for building and then you're ready for right. whenever, whenever that next phase comes. And who exactly. knows when it might it's be. It's too but... late. Right. Exactly. When everybody's talking, it's too late to start building. I yes. mean, it, it's risky um, and it takes a lot of confidence in what in yourself and in the community and in your team to build in a bear market. So if you don't have confidence in yourself, your company will not thrive in this kind of environment. Wise words, wiser words cannot be said right here. Um, it, it's true. Like if you, if you, you need to be able to find a way to survive. And I think, I think the, the age old lesson in, in crypto is that it, it takes at least one bear market before you generally start to see the, the overall picture of what's going on here. Um, you have to kind of go through the the dark, dark days of crypto winter to to see what it's like to be in crypto spring and then then the full mania to to understand how these cycles are working and and running and um, where things go. So I, I think you are you are definitely um, speaking speaking the the correct message here. It, it's so true, and you see entire Discord communities that just disappear in a bear market. I mean, why would you want to be part of a project that? only operates when times are good. That's not realistic. You know, you want to be part of a team and community that will be there no matter what is going on in the market. Like you can't just leave your family when things are not going well and then come back to them when things are going great. Uh, you, you know, that's, a, that's where you should be investing your time, your money, your energy is in a place that's going to be around for years and years it's it's gonna it's it's tough it's tough and it's, it can be depressing <laughs> especially when things are down only but um as you mentioned earlier too those who planned for this and those who were aware this is going to happen are going to be the ones who come out only stronger from all this which is also just a good <laughs> yeah. thing to see um before the, we wrap up every interview i do like to ask my guests a fun fact question that's not crypto related um and since we're doing a series sure. on polygon games and, and those in the polygon gaming scene of course this is going to be a gaming related question um uh, so jonathan the question i have for you today is what is the first video game you ever played and was it a good experience the first video game i ever played was uh i don't know if you would consider this a video game but it was a uh, kind of like Microsoft Paint. It was a it was a game on mini clips where you could um, add effects and lines and I don't even remember what the name of it was. But as a little kid, I was just so mesmerized that all of these things can pop up on the screen and kind of draw something really cool. And then the second game was uh, Lifesavers Mini Golf. Mm -hmm. So and those are you know my earliest memories of being in my parents' uh, old house with their dial up and their huge monitor and 
you know, floppy disks and, uh, you know, even the ones before the case, the ones that were really floppy. Wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then playing these games and calling my dad, like, look at what I built. It's so pretty. You know, it's so cool. Look, I got a hole in one. So it was just, it was just, uh, an amazing experience and, and definitely ties into every kind of every, every, uh, level of my life from childhood to adulthood. There's always been a game that I've been playing or, or addicted to right now. I play a game called rivals on my iPhone, which is by command and conquer. Uh, it's just a mobile version and oh my gosh, command and conquer. I can't even, uh, tell you how many hours I spent playing uh, command and conquer games. I mean, they were all really good. Is that real-time strategy? Is that is that the genre of the game? That's real-time strategy. Yeah, base, uh, kind of like a, you attack someone's base and they attack your base, but all in real time. There was some point when I reached, you know, I don't know, 18 or 20, when I just couldn't compete with the 11 and 12-year-olds that were clicking and they knew how to use the keyboard shortcuts and I just got destroyed at that point. I mean, it, it didn't used to be so competitive. Now it's just right. impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Right. Even Everyone's... Fortnite, you know, now in yeah. my 30s, it's... you. You can't do the controls as fast as a twelve-year-old. <laughs> yeah, the twelve-year-old like hyped up on sugar <laughs> and probably some exactly. caffeine, so, caffeinated soda as well. It's it's so your fun. only hope is playing after they all go to bed, <laughs> like three in the morning. They're all gone. <laughs> Finally, some of them now, but they're other staying up all night now. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> the twelve-year-olds have taken over. <laughs> That's funny. Also, was the game called Kid Picks? I, I think that is that is that what you're talking about? Kid picks is that what it's called? I I I feel like that was what the the kid paint kid picks. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah, kid picks online. There it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what we used to play in uh, back when I was in elementary school. Was kid picks. I I know exactly. Oh, uh, you know what? Another great game that we played in school. Uh, the the road with a buffalo and and you had to go oh. in the water. Oregon Trail, right? Oregon Trail, yeah, that was amazing. I loved it. I just would come in every day hoping we were going to play Oregon Trail in school. <laughs> That's a classic. That's great to hear. And a wholesome gaming experience that you've, uh, you've you've explained here. Thank you for. I sharing. remember they had they had one disc for the whole class of forty kids, <laughs> and we'd all just wait our turn to play the game. That's brutal. <laughs> Someone's gonna hog it, and you have to like kick them out. Now you understand why I run a gaming company, yeah. right? Because I don't want to wait to play any games. Just Whatever I want, put it into the game. Finally. <laughs> Finally, I you could be the one who gets the games first. No one else has to deal with it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that though and and uh and doing the fun fact question. I know it's it's always a joy doing it at the end of these interviews. But um Jonathan, before we wrap up here, uh where should people go to learn more about Pipeflare, follow yourself, learn more about the team, just get involved. Yeah, so you can just go to www.pipeflare.io. You know, every Almost every game we have is free to play. There might be one or two that you know have a small buy-in because there's a community pool that you could win at the end. But anyone can come. It's free. Um, just enjoy yourself. Uh, the accounts are free. And if you want to connect with us, we're on everything. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You could just search Pipeflare. Uh, we're, you know, we have 100,000 Twitter followers. So look for that account. Don't look for any of the scam accounts that have 10 or 15 followers. But we'd love to connect. And, and Rick, thank you so much for having me. And Grabby Dow, thank you so much for setting this up. And I look forward to playing in your poker night 
uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, with the Gravicats. It was our pleasure. And um, to anyone listening or watching, we'll have all these links down in the show notes below. Jonathan, it was really a great time to have you on. Uh, Same. Looking forward to also people listening or watching or whatever, wherever your platform you're on, we're going to have on Friday of the week that this comes out. So not the week this is being recorded. On the Friday of the week's coming out, I think we're going to do a quick AMA as well. Just give people a chance to speak more and learn more. So definitely tune in there as well. But thank you again and uh, look forward to just following up and seeing how uh, the team builds out and exciting things you guys got going on. 